0: praise your family we are back with another bible study message for you and as you all know we are in a new series for this month of august called we are all the minister part two of this message is being delivered by giovante williams who talks around his topic what are you fighting for we truly hope and pray that after you hear this message it resonates with you and it empowers you got it and even in the Houston police even being a, a police officer it does not uh, it does not mean I'm compromising any of my belief any of my faith that I have in God so I'll pray us in dear heavenly father we just thank you for this day this opportunity Lord God this time, Lord God, to come together and fellowship, Lord God. And Lord God, I ask that I decrease, Lord God, that I take the background like a background singer, Lord God, because you are the main act, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for using me as a weapon and a tool, Lord God, to minister your word, Lord God, as a weapon, Lord God, to tear down, to throw down, and to uproot, Lord God, and a tool, Lord God, to build, Lord God, to edify, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. So, Lord God, I ask that this message, this word that you have just, this thing that you've placed on my heart, Lord God, that it is able to penetrate the hearts of your people, Lord God, for those that are on Zoom and even those that even watch it later on, Lord God. I thank you and I honor you. And this in Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I just want to thank each and every person that has joined on this morning and each and every person that'll be watching, even later on down the line and I just want to thank Sean and Angie for giving me another opportunity to be before the people of God to minister a word. Um, We're just going to get right on into this word. This word um, is a series that I'm actually teaching at my church um, and it's called What Are You Fighting For? And what are you fighting for is a broad topic because you could be fighting for relationships. You could be fighting for purpose. You could be fighting for all these things and all these things that I'll be talking about. Not today though, Um, but it's a series that I'm doing and I have like 10 different topics on what I'm, what are you fighting for? But today's topic, I just want to talk about life Why are you fighting for life? And if you're not fighting for life, what are you fighting for? So if I could just get at least two volunteers, just wanna know what are you fighting for? Just one thing that you're fighting for. If there's anybody that's willing to volunteer, you can come off mute. What are you fighting for? So I'll go ahead and share. So I'm fighting for not only my life, but the life of my children. And so I wanna make sure that I do Everything that I can to live a life that is God filled, that is led um by him solely, so that I can lead my children in the way that they should go, so that they will never depart from it. And I can only make sure that they have a life worth fighting for if I lead them and show them an example to follow based on how I live my life. Um not for my own being or well-doing, but for God and his glory. So Amen. 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 Is there anybody else that would be willing to share? Just one more person, if so. I'll share. <clears throat> Mine's super simple. I'm just fighting for holiness. I'm going to be honest with you. So, <laughs> She's just fighting for holiness. Amen. I love it. So we're all fighting for something, whether it be a relationship, whether it be purpose, holiness, life, life of our children. We're all fighting for something, but we have to make sure that every fight that we get in, that we are not getting into that fight by ourselves. We're not fighting alone because God says he'll never leave us nor forsake us, you know. And the scripture also says that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. He said that he will restore you of everything that you've lost, everything that the locust has eaten and stolen from you. So we're just going to jump on into this scripture. Uh, My first scripture is going to be Luke 17 and 33. And it's going to be a repeat of the same thing. And the reason why is because when God repeats something, it is of the utmost importance. Anytime he repeats something. So Luke 17, says, whoever tries to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will preserve and quicken it. So we might be fighting for life, but what type of life are you fighting for? Are you fighting for a life that is filled with the flesh? Are you fighting for a life that, well, all the things that I want that are pleasing to my flesh, that's what I want. That's what I want to fight for it's not going to mean anything in the end. See, we're supposed to be fighting for a life that is pleasing unto God. The scripture says that our lives were bought with a price, so I can't even say I'm fighting for my life. I'm fighting for the life that I'm supposed to live in Jesus Christ anyways. See, I don't own this anymore. I was just given temporary ownership over this life you know, giving stewardship over this life, but it's not to say that God doesn't want us to be happy and enjoy the natural life, the, you know, the physical life, the physical realm. It's not that he doesn't want us to enjoy it. He wants us to be cognizant of what are we doing in it, you know? So, yeah, I'm fighting for my life. There's a a little chant that we did at camp, and it was, uh, I'm a man of God and a warrior in Christ, I got my armor on and I'm fighting for my life. I got to stand firm and rely on the Lord as I kill this flesh and the desires of this world. With my sword of the spirit and I'm on the attack, I'm ready for change and I ain't never going back. And what's important is that we have to understand that we have a constant battle that we fight. And we have to understand that the scripture uh, tells us, I believe it's in Genesis And it talks about Cain. God tells Cain that he has to conquer sin or it it lies at the door, you know? So every time we walk out, if we are not fully equipped with the armor of God, we're walking out unprepared. There's a fight that we have to go through each and every time we walk out the house and even inside the house, there can be a fight, you know? So you're fighting for your life, right? So our main text is going to be Matthew chapter 16, starting at verse 24. And the reason why we talk about life first is because we live this life. You know, everybody wants, we all have a lot of things that we desire, a lot of things that we want to do, a lot of things that we want in this life, like we want a nice house, we want nice cars, we want money, we want to be able to take people shopping, we want to do all these things in this life, you know, we want to enjoy life, we don't want to have a life where it's just constant struggle after struggle, but guess what the scripture says, Christ told, because Christ had a lot of people that was willing to follow after him, man, it was a lot of people And then Christ told him, he said, the son of man don't even have a place to lay his head. And they were like, what? He ain't got a bed. Oh, man, maybe this not for me. You know, maybe maybe that's not the life that I want to live. That's not the life that I want to, you know, be a part of. And then, you know, you have people that come up with these excuses. One dude was like, man, I just got a house. I'm about to build it. Let me finish building that house and then I'll follow you. You know, we start to come up with excuses. There's so many people. I don't know if y'all done uh, heard it before, but there's so many people that tell you, you you, you're young, live your life. You know, you can worry about God later on in life. But you don't even know if you're going to make it to the next day. Tomorrow isn't promised to no man. So why would I wait, you know, to fall in love with God, to seek after God when I can do it right now? So Matthew 16, 24 says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself. If you're not denying yourself, then you're just worried about the pleasures of this life and the enemy has a job, he comes to steal, what does he come to steal? Everything. To kill and destroy. He wants you in the same place he's going to end up. He doesn't want you following after the Lord because the beginning of sin was with him, you know, and the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't want you to, he, he might want you to live a prosperous life, but that prosperous life has to be serving him. So if you are, you do got that nice house that you wanted, wanted. he doesn't want it to come from God. He doesn't want you uh, believing and trusting in God that you got that house. He wants to give it to you himself, the counterfeit. He wants you to give, give you the house when you were in sin, when you were doing something that was not pleasing to God. Disregard, this is uh, verse 24, disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interest. We have to forget our own interests and think about the interest of God. Not saying that everything that we think about has to be of God. But our actions have to align, align with what God wants us to do. And take up his cross and follow me, cleave steadfast to me, conform wholly to my example in living, and if, and if need be, in dying also. So God says that we also, even if he acts, you know, that we are to give lives. So um, whenever I was at camp, in 2014 it's a Christian camp called KAA that's where I get that chant from a lot of my chants come from KAA but there's this guy he was one of the leaders um, and he has a friend that on his hand he doesn't have his fingers anymore on his right hand he doesn't have his fingers anymore so what happened was he was out in another country and he got captured and when he got captured, they told him to deny Christ because he was trying to give the, he was trying to uh, give the um, the word of God. He was preaching, and he was captured. And what they did was they told him, "You're either going to deny God, or you're going to lose your hand." See, the enemy's job is to still kill and destroy, but if he was to just cut it all the way off. And one fellow swoop, yeah, it'll hurt, but that's not enough for me to deny God. What the enemy wants to do is torture me. So what they did to him was they said, you deny God. We're gonna give you multiple chances to deny God. And every time you don't deny God, we're gonna, you're gonna lose a finger. But they didn't just cut the finger. What they did was they cut it from each uh, joint part. So each part of your finger, where it bends, they cut one piece at a time. Every time he said he was not going to deny Christ, they they began to cut it. And so the enemy, he's the type that he doesn't want us to just feel torture and pain. He wants it on an extended level. He wants us to go through it for an extended period of time. The scripture tells us to deny ourselves and pick up our crosses daily. That means that we have to sacrifice each and every day. We have to give ourselves up each and every day. We have to crucify this flesh flesh each and every day. We have to die each and every day. Anytime I have to choose between walking in obedience to God In my own pleasure, let's say it's late at night, just get off work and God says, you need to call this person to pray for this person because they're going through something, but you tired. I put my cross down when I go to sleep, but I pick it up and I get into the fight when I call that person that God is telling me to, and to pray over that person, to speak with that person. That's why we're fighting for our lives, but it's not just our physical lives that we're fighting for. We have to also fight for our spiritual lives as well, because there's always a battle, whether we want to admit to it or not. Verse 25 says, for whoever is bent on saving his temporal life his comfort and security here shall lose it, eternal life. And whoever loses his life, his comfort and security here for my sake shall find it, life everlasting. That's the second time we've heard about that. God is telling us that, what are you willing to give up? Are you willing to give up this temporary life or are you willing to give up life everlasting? There's so many people that are willing to give up life everlasting. God says that broad is the road to destruction. There's so many people that has taken that path, but narrow is the road to the gate of life, to the gate of heaven, to the gate of God. It's so narrow, very few are taking that road. And in order for us to understand that, we have to deny ourselves, pick up our crosses daily, Carry it on our backs because God says that at the end, you trade your cross in for the crown of life. Blessed is it. God says that the battle isn't given to the swift, nor the strong, nor the most intelligent, but he who can endure. How can I endure? By picking up that cross each and every day. It's a workout. Verse number 26 says, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeit his life, his blessed, his blessed life in the kingdom of God? Or what would a man make as an exchange for his blessed life in the kingdom of God? There's the things that we own in this life. Guess what? We just uh, we, we basically just loaned them. We're not going to keep these things forever. This laptop that I'm speaking to y'all on one day is going to be destroyed or given to somebody else. And I, I paid for it. Somebody else going to pay for it. The only thing that somebody can't pay for is my soul. It's the only true thing that I own. And it's like, would you? are you willing to give up that? these temporal things that are on the earth Uh, are you willing to keep that and continue to walk with god continue to seek god chase after god we've been bought with a price everything costs but the one thing we don't have to worry about paying for is our salvation there's another chant that we used to say. We don't, anytime somebody said anything about money at camp, it was instant. We don't need no money. Salvation is free because the Lord died for you and he died for me. So every time we think about these things, we have to understand well, what is it that God is trying to get to us? What is it that God is trying to help us to understand and see? So we got through Matthew 16, right? I ain't going to be long with y'all. So Matthew chapter 10, 39 says, whoever finds his lower life, this is the third time he's saying this. Whoever finds his lower life will lose it, the higher life. And whoever loses his lower life on my account will find it, the higher life. God is already telling us, that we can't allow this lower life to be more important than the life that God is trying to give us. God says that He wants us to have life and life more abundantly. What does that truly mean? It doesn't mean that God wants us to suffer in this life in this present life. That's not what it means. It means that God wants us to be joyous to take his joy to take his peace, right? because we might we might be poor, we might be. Uh, losing our job or whatever it might be, whatever might be going on. And God says, I will still want you to have my joy. See, when we have the joy of the Lord, it can't be taken. When we have the peace of the Lord, it can't be taken. The only way it, we can lose it is if we give it away. And a lot of times we give that away. And we find ourselves fighting for something else instead of fighting for the joy of the Lord, instead of fighting for the peace of the Lord that will help us to continue to fight in all these other areas of our lives. See, when we fight without the fruits of the Spirit, and if when we fight without the armor of God, then we find ourselves at a huge disadvantage. We find ourselves being blindsided, we find ourselves being tricked into doing things the apostle paul says that this flesh is like a constant thorn in my side one of my favorite uh verses comes out of romans 7 and 15 to 25 when he talks about i will to do what is right but i constantly find myself doing what is wrong and it's because we find ourselves not fighting the good fight of faith. We find ourselves not fighting for the spiritual life. We only find ourselves fighting for the natural, what we have in the natural. I don't want to give up these things that I have in the natural. But God says that I have a plan for you, a plan to prosper you for a hope and a future. But but we don't see the big picture like God does. That's why God says that his ways are higher than our ways. You know, far as the heaven is from the earth, that is how his ways are from our ways. So he sees things a million miles ahead when we see it only maybe 10 feet in front of us. It's a very shallow uh, sight, you know. Uh, Matthew 6, 27 says, and who of you by worrying and being anxious can add one unit of measure cubit to a stature or to the span of his life. We can't expand our lives by worrying about, man, I might lose all these things in this life. You know, God says that the, the, the natural and the spiritual are still connected, but The spiritual is more real than the natural because the natural is going to pass away. The spiritual is going to be there. So we have to understand that even though we're fighting for life, we can't forget that we're fighting for a spiritual life as well. We might have friends that don't understand that. And those friends might be the very ones that are trying to pull us from the spiritual life back into the natural life. Because they don't understand that I am no longer the same person that I used to be. Each and every day, we're no longer that person that we were yesterday. I'm no longer the geo that I was yesterday. You know, so we have to understand that when we continue to fight, when we continue to walk in the things of God, that we're continuing to grow and God is worried about things. He's worried about getting glory, not worried, but it's important when he does things for us It's for his glory and for our development. God already knows what what decisions we're going to make. So there's going to be things that he put that he's already put in place. God has already thrown you your blessing. You just haven't reached it yet. The quarterback doesn't throw the ball to where the receiver is. He throws the ball to where the receiver is going to be. Just like in basketball, I don't throw an alley-oop to somebody that's still on the ground. I throw it up because I know that's where he's going to be. So we're fighting for our life, not just our physical life. We're also fighting for our spiritual life. And I just want to leave y'all with this, uh, this last thing. I told y'all I wasn't going to be long, but um, does anybody know anything about uh, Alexander the Great? Does anybody know about the three wishes that Alexander the Great asked for on his deathbed? If you do, put it in the chat. I just wanna see if anybody knows. Because he asked for three things and it it, it it falls in line with what we were talking about, about life, fighting for life because Alexander the Great, he was fighting for life. So when Alexander the Great got sick, while he was on his deathbed, he asked for three things. The first thing he asked for was the best doctor should carry his coffin. Sounds weird. Second thing, the wealth he has accumulated, the money, the gold, the precious stones, etc., the chariots, all of that, should be scattered along the procession of the ceremony. And the third thing he asked for, was that his hands should be let loose, hanging outside of the coffin for all people to see. That sounds like weird. Like, why are you asking for all these things? The reason why he wanted the doctors to carry his coffin was to demonstrate that in the face of death, even the doctors, the best doctors in the world have no power to heal. Second thing was Why do you want all your wealth and all of that scattered along the procession? I want the rose to be covered with my treasure so that everybody sees that material wealth acquired on earth stays on earth. So all these physical things that we're fighting for that are in the natural, we can't take it with us. And it's such an old saying, but not a lot of people truly believe it. Like everybody wants to be buried with their treasure or buried with this, buried with that but it's just gonna be sitting there on your bones. And the last thing, I want my hands to swing in the wind so that people understand that we come into this world empty handed and we leave this world empty -handed, handed after the most precious treasure of all is exhausted. And that is time. God says that life is like a vapor. We're here one moment, we're gone the next. Alexander the Great was saying that, He came into this world empty-handed. He wants to show the people that we will leave this world empty-handed as well. But see, we might be empty-handed physically, but spiritually, when we find ourselves following and seeking after Christ, we are rich, we are prosperous. We have all these things that we can use, the tools that God gives us the armor of God. When you walk out the house without the armor, go back in, put it on, put on that helmet of salvation, put on that breastplate of righteousness, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel, put on that belt of truth, truth, pick up that shield of faith. And you got to pick up the sword of the spirit. Because there is a battle that we have to go through each and every day. When I walk out this house right now, When I go for my little run, I gotta put on my armor because no matter what happens, something can happen. And I have to be prepared for the enemy because he's lieth at the door at all times. And the reason why uh, I wanted to end with that Alexander the Great, um, his three wishes was because he fought for life because One of the, um, somebody had told him that I'll see you later. And it was somebody that was about to die. And three months later, Alexander the Great got sick. And he was fighting, trying to get the best doctors to heal him, to see what's going on, to see what's wrong. And he came to him, he was like, man, these doctors can't do anything for me. In the face of this illness, these doctors are nothing, they have no power, but we serve a God who is mighty. We serve a God who can raise the dead, right? So if we can't do, if we can't fight for our lives, we have to fight for the spiritual. We have to be willing to fight for the spiritual aspect, the spiritual side. Because if we only fighting for the natural side and our spirit man is weak, we'll get tossed to and from every wind to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So I pray that y'all receive that. That's all I have. I pray us out, dear Heavenly Father. I just thank you for this time, this day, this opportunity, Lord God, to. Speak to your people, Lord God, once again, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I ask that I decrease, that you may increase in my life, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I ask that your people received it, Lord God, that they penetrated their heart, Lord God, and they click save, Lord God, and it's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen.